Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, this is the Handmaid's Tale After Show. We're talking uh, gross romantic rekindlings. We're talking uh, lynchings. So yeah, stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello! Welcome to the Handmaid's Tale After Show on After Buzz TV. We're talking Season 3, Episode 7, Under His Eye. Oh man, we got so much to break down. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a, a bunch of stuff. But stay tuned for our special segment and our news. I'm Adrian Snow, and to my left you will see the ever-wonderful Mr. Chef Beans. Yes, that's right. Chef Beans with the mental cuisine, ready to... Chop it up with Adrian. Yes, it's just us tonight, you guys. So get ready. I got lots to say. Likewise. And you ain't gonna like it. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest right now. All right, so let's just go right into it. First thoughts. Um, my first thoughts, honestly, I went straight to the aesthetics. Like I like how they really shot this episode mm-hmm. with the colors and the drama, everything like that. I felt like it was a very seemingly dark episode towards the end Mm -hmm. but I purposely wore this bright shirt to brighten it up because I'm just not gonna let the episode get the best of me (laughs) how'd you feel I felt conflicted you know um there's a lot I liked about the episode but then it was also kind of like (sighs) June can only be so ridiculously naive for so long right before I probably like Stop giving this woman a pass and just kill her. To be real, just be real about it. <laughs> like, right, right. like it's just ugh, it, was, uh, it was infuriating. So, but with that said, let's just go right into it. So Emily, okay, is in Canada, right? And just that moment of her, I, I actually forgot that that Emily was like straight up murdering people. Right, right. Like you, you <laughs> kind of forget until yeah. she was questioning. I was even taken back, like. Yeah, Emily, Emily put in that work when she was in Gilead. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't an easy transition for her to get out of there, out of there mm-hmm. but she took out whoever was in her way trying to stop her from getting her freedom. She killed two people, attempted to murder one other. Right. Like, she was just, like, swinging left and right. And I, you know, I didn't think that that, it didn't occur to me, like, oh, yeah, that can be used against her. Especially because that's not knowledge that June has, necessarily, with right. the exception of the guard that she ran over. She doesn't really know about... She might know. She knows about Aunt Lydia. No one knows about the wife and right. Miss. Um, oh no, I'm blanking on her name. Oh no, Spider Man's aunt. But she's, but she's whatever. In the chat, if you know who I'm talking about, the actress who played the wife, who I love, but I cannot for the life of me think of her name right now. Please let us know. Uh, it, you forget that she's killed all of these people. Right. To to basically. Not really to get to any type of point, but just like pure rage and hatred, which it, which is a nice commentary because you don't really get to see women just like act out pure 
rage and hatred especially you know? yeah especially in this this show we're always seeing women as lesser than mm-hmm. but to see her sorry about it it's marissa tomei thank you I, it came to me as he started talking and marissa tomei you guys <laughs> yes <laughs> marissa yes. tomei but no we it's good to see her step up for herself mm-hmm. and really just take out whoever tried to stand in her way yeah spider-man's up yes uh I, it, it's nice to see that, but it's also nice to have that contrast of of her wife really having to hear it, and then also just being incredibly forgiving of it. Because when there's that moment when they ask, "Is there anything that in the in the eyes of Gilead would be seen as you going against the law?" and she just hesitantly said yes because she then she would have to talk about the fact that she fell in love with somebody there, right? And that she also uh, had to deal with um, being female circumcised or um, mutilated one and the same um and that's not something that maybe she's quite ready to reveal to her yet and so it's just it was such a heavy scene and they played it both so well of just like that kind of undercurrent of when you're in those types of situations you do go through trauma and you do have to do things that you wouldn't do right and her wife is being completely understanding Mm -hmm. and empathetic but as much as Emily can try to explain what that went down, mm-hmm. it still wouldn't give an actu- accurate depiction of the trauma that she gained from being in this horrendous society. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, we also have that, that moment that she gets to have with, with Moira where she talks about, you know, she admits like, yeah, I, I killed a wife and nobody knows about that. And they brought up how I killed all these people. And then we get a confession from Moira as well, where she right. goes, yeah, I straight up killed a man in his sleep. Not because right. I had to, just because I wanted to. Right, because it, it brings out the darkness mm-hmm. in you. We're seeing the darkness get brought out of everybody, but what exactly do you expect? And neither one of them regret it. they like, Yo, I'll, I'll do it again if I had to. Yeah, they're like, well, we aren't doing it now. So clearly it was a moment of circumstance. It's like a story I like to tell about this mouse that I had a mouse infestation in my apartment in Chicago. Oh. And you go from being really sane to being really insane by after dealing with it for so long that, I mean, I'm not going to tell you the brutal things that I did to the mice, but it wasn't good. <laughs> like, And that's the thing, though. If you lock somebody in a horrible situation for long enough, what what is their breaking point before they finally go, you know what, I'm going to stomp on a mouse's head. Right, I mean, it's kind of like what they do with <laughs> like, mouse, like what I've seen in other shows, you know, like they put the mouse inside a bucket, heat up the bucket, and the mouse only way to get out the bucket is through someone's stomach and I think that's a perfect metaphor as far as what happened with them you leave them with no other options but Mm -hmm. to find whatever way they deem as fit to get out yeah and to also to relieve the relieve the pressure so I'm not condoning murder anyway I'm also not condoning stepping on mouse's heads but I I think that for them it was I need to relieve this pressure I'm full of rage this woman is horrible to me, so I need to stab her in the back. You know, this man has just raped me for who knows how many times, so I'm going to kill him in his sleep. This uh, guy represents everyone that oppresses me, so I'm just going to run him over with my car. Right. Uh, and that... I'm, I'm not condoning it, but I definitely see why why people get to that point. And you can see the rage even still come out when they started protesting. Mm-hmm. How now they're in this seemingly free country, but now the country is in cahoots of these people who just had them, you know, trapped, like yeah. incarcerated. So I think 
that was even very telling as far as like the rage from the other protesters wasn't as furious as their rage because they're slamming doors very brave but you can see they were, yeah. they were willing to take whatever came with them being this aggressive I mean and also I think if you think about it going to having to go to jail for a day is nothing compared to what they've already been through right <laughs> Right. So it's like, well, I don't have a problem getting in your face and slamming the door because the worst you can do to me is not nearly as bad as what I've already experienced. So is there any any comments in the chat? Um, in the chat, uh, not really. Um, someone says, don't be uh, left at Albuquerque. He said, don't be mad at Canada. Canada. Next door are a bunch of religious wackos and... Yeah, I'm not going to say everything, but um, oh. Gilead is used. Gilead has used some of their own territory, like the colonies. So, yeah, it's not. A, I don't think they're mad at Canada. I think that they they believe that that Nicole should be entitled to the same rights that they're entitled to as a refugee, and like just like you wouldn't. Well, in normal societies. With people who respect human life, you don't send back or uh, you know um, enslave or jail people who are seeking asylum from horrible circumstances. And that's all I'm going to say on that. So, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning into AfterBuzz TV. Thank you so much for coming here every week and listening to me rant about. All the crazy stuff that The Handmaid's Tale brings out in me. We really love that you guys check in with us via podcast, via YouTube, however you get your after bus. And I'd like to say, keep doing that, you know? Like, keep coming in here. Keep uh, subscribing and sharing and making us the ESPN TV of, ESPN of TV talk. So, guys, just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Please stay tuning in. Give us that five stars when you can. Every single time, if you can't get five stars, you know, maybe, maybe just like take those feelings and, <laughs> and you know, just put them on the YouTube comments. Right. Uh, as always, thank you so much. And all right. So let's go ahead and move into the Waterfords and the Winslows. Right. So with the Waterfords and the Winslows, I feel like Mr. and Mrs. Winslow are on the same page as mm-hmm. far as converting the Waterfords into whatever plan that they have. Mm-hmm. Because you can see uh, Fred is in a situation where the he clearly doesn't have the power in the situation, but Mr. Winslow is kind of like pushing him in the direction. Like, okay, you led this, but now let me lead my own agenda to where Mrs. Winslow, she's showing Serena the house, like this could be yours, this could be mm-hmm. your society. And we, we're seeing the glare in Serena's eye as far as her even wanting to you know, work on the relationship that she has with her husband. So mm. she's trying to just figure out this new society that could be hers or new lifestyle because what else does she have to live for? Yeah, that was gross when they were walking through those people's house. No, very <laughs> gross. It's kind of like you can tell whatever they did, they got the last people out and they didn't even, you yeah. know, refurnish it. Old laundry still there. Like, those poor people. Poor Phoebe. Phoebe, I hope you made it out with your family. Right. Like, they just had to take everything and go. And for them to just be able to walk through it so casually and envision their future was kind of infuriating for me. I think the 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 um the uh what the the casualness of cruelty that comes out of the Washington DC commanders and wives is in, is infuriating right. because it, it, there's no respect 
for anything but what serves them. And even when there's that moment with all the wives at the the the, the ball or whatever, right. that moment of them clearly going against what they built Gilead to be, of them kind of being demeaning to the the eyes and like talking crap about their husbands. It, it was just like, oh, this is why. Just spit this, it out. Spit. Like this is why I hate like those kind of rigid type of people in life because it's like you're still on that bullshit. Like <laughs> you're still a liar, even when you're you're holier than thou. You're still at your base, probably the worst of the worst. Sorry, just saying. Right. And then we have Fred just saying whatever he needs to say to make sure his girl doesn't, you know, explode, even if it is manipulation. It's manip- manipulation on top of manipulation yeah. in every sense of the way. And it's, I'm not even going to say it's sad because I don't even feel bad for Serena anymore. Mm-mm. But you can just Never tell been. everyone has their own motives to whatever it is that they're trying to get across. Yeah. And also, you can also tell that Fred makes, he's such a good liar. For people who haven't been watching three seasons of The Handmaid's Tale outside of the box, like that switch he makes when he decides to lie to Serena and say that he's going to fight for them to get Nicole back, even though everyone's telling him to wait. It's like, well, that's clearly a lie. Like the way his face changed, the way everything transitioned, because he just wants to get what he needs. Right. It's no longer about serving the best for Gilead. It's no longer about being the best husband to Serena. It's just about power. And how power corrupts absolutely. So, and and that even with Serena, you get that sense that the way she's behaving is because she has the power to do it. It's no longer about Nicole. It's no longer about her safety. It's simply about the idea of of being able to to have something that you freely gave away. Yeah. But to be like, well, I can have it back, so I might as well go get it back. Right. Versus. You could literally just go, I mean, this is gross to me, but you can literally just go and get another handmaid <laughs> and get another eye and do it all over again. But you can tell she felt empowered once she opened up to her husband as far as like how she felt about Nicole being mm-hmm. in Canada and her husband taking action as far as getting Nicole back. Mm-hmm. That was like a breath of fresh air for her because mm-hmm. for, you know, two different seasons or the seasons prior, she never really felt like she was being heard, especially yeah. from the higher ups. Yes, she can say whatever she wants to the handmaids, but I feel like this empowerment is something that she's trying to get used to, but also have something to live for. If the idea of Nicole is more realistic and I mean, her husband feeling her bullshit, she's mm-hmm. accepting it or yeah. receiving it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I can, potentially get my daughter that's not my daughter back yeah cool i i I also think that if they're trying to sell us this love story of serena and fred i need them to stop because i don't care i don't care if they're falling back in love i don't believe i don't care the longing looks i don't care about any of that the only thing i really cared about with them this episode was like god i love the color teal and this is so frustrating because it's such a beautiful color on all of them but they're all horrible people so yeah, <laughs> yeah now nah, they did an amazing job at the color selection. Oh yeah, and how they shot it, everything. Like I was at all during this episode, aesthetically, like I said mm-hmm. earlier, just how they shot it. Mm-hmm. So there's also that moment of Winslow, um, Commander Winslow, and Commander Waterford when I know they want to hint at Fred going through a type of sexual harassment or a sexual assault eventually. 
Um, but it's also, it also seems to just kind of be poorly done. What, what do you mean? Poorly done? Like, do you think it's not believable? It's not that it's not believable. It's just that it's a little, I think it might be a little too on the nose. Okay. Like the intense, like. Like the face-to-face interaction, the. Yeah. Like the physical. As, as someone who has through her life been sexually harassed. I can tell you <laughs> that there tends to be um, some, and this certainly isn't the case for everyone, but there tends to be an awareness of your surroundings and, like, the swiftness of how it's done. Like, in Gilead, two men, if he's even if he's grabbing him aggressively, but getting that close to his face in a public space, I think that would be a little telling. And, you know, especially in Gilead where... Any type of sexuality, any type of sexuality is a no-no. Like, you can't even have sex as a commander and wife. Like, it's frowned upon. They only want you to have sex to create a child. Right. So it just seemed like it it pushes it to kind of, like, make you aware, like, never forget that this is what Winslow's after. But that's just not... You think it's overkill, kind of? It's a little, I mean, they're not doing too much with it yet, but it's a little overkill. It's a little, it's a little unbelievable the way that it's going about. Like, like even Fred, when he was sexually assaulting and harassing Offred or June, was savvier than Commander uh, Winslow. And I would expect Commander Winslow to be savvier than Commander Waterford. Like, yeah, he has been pretty. Ag- yeah, he has been pretty aggressive. I thought the scene when they were like very close. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if he was about to sneak in a kiss or something. But I get what you're saying as and, far as how it might be. Especially because it's a public setting, right? You know, like if it were something where it was like in the in village, his library, yeah, or I something. understood. But yeah. like in that public setting, okay, I, I'm, I'm with you. That's I'm why with it's, you with it's that. just a little too on the nose. Like we, we get what's happening, we know what's going on, and there's a way that it's done. Um, in public, that's even creepier because it's it's the intention behind things versus just making it so uh, obvious. Right. Now mm. I understand. Uh, so, yeah, someone in the chat said, I thought I was dead off with the predatory harassment from Winslow to Fred. And, yeah, everyone's on the same page as, as far as that. Like, they like damn, just kiss him already. But like you said, it seemed a little forced. It just like, seems a little forced. It's just... It's just and not to say that those things don't happen like that in real life, but it, it, it it's not quite like that when that does happen in real life. Like, And someone, LaShawn Bennett said, but maybe that was to show his power over Fred. Like, maybe. even in this society, it's you know, don't and forget who's in control. Yeah, and the way that it, you know, the way that it can happen between two men is totally different from the way it's going to happen between, like, a man and a woman or a woman and a woman. So, it could be. That's true. All right. So, any final thoughts on the Waterfords and the Winslows? Just- uh, the Waterford, like, like I said, I feel like the Winslows are on the same page as far mm-hmm. as like let's manipulate them. We don't know what their objective is yet, mm-hmm. but as far as the Waterfords, I don't know if the producers are trying to say like, look, there might be a potential spark coming again. But I'm good off of it. I like, really I, I, don't I, need to see that. Yeah, I'm cold off of that spark. And even somebody else said like, man, he cut her finger off. He better do something. He cut her finger off. And then he did the monologue he was going to do to, to for his apology to a Jezebel. Like, there's no redeeming Fred Waterford. May he drown in that river. Right. <laughs> like, all right. So, June. Right. Is it me or uh, has June been very bold this season? Like, it seems like she... 
She's been very stupid this season. Yeah, stupid. That's bold slash stupid. Like, mm. just doing whatever the, the, the hell she wants with... Uh, I don't know. I just feel like she's not... There's no reason to trust anyone... At this point. Like, what's wrong Gilead. with you? And the the lack of savviness, even with the interaction with Francis the Martha uh, in the grocery store, was so sloppy. And so, like... You clearly know that off Matthew is not to be trusted in any right. way, shape, or form. You should never do anything in her presence. Right. No matter how safe you might feel. Because she let you know what side she's yeah. clearly on. Yeah. And even when she was talking to, I can't remember her name, but the other uh, handmaid, when they did the scene, in, when they were pulling the, the vegetables, like, that was savvier. Because for all appearances, it doesn't look like they're talking to each other. Right. But... It was so clear yes. that these women were having an interaction, even if they are in the freezer aisle or whatever, the refrigerator aisle, that it... It, it, it was very overt that some sneaky something shit was, going was happening. Because yeah, why would a Martha and a handmade have any reason to talk to each other if they don't live in the same building to begin with? Yeah, June didn't play her cards right with that. And it, it, it upsets me because that Martha was like her rook in this chess game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that Martha was like her... Her way to having any type of communication with her daughter, mm-hmm. and for her to, to be that sloppy in that grocery store, knowing that you know people are watching. Matthew was around. Is like, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. And then she was manipulative this episode, which we understand. Once you get that pressure, you're going to do whatever you have to do. But manipulative, but also sloppy to the point where. I feel like the walls really came crashing in on you in this episode. Like, what's wrong with you? And they did say, if you look at the inside, the the episode thing, they do talk about how, like, it, it is supposed to be her breaking point. And I have a little bit more to say about that in a second, that's but let's what, get through yeah. the rest. That's what everyone is saying in the chat. Like, June has, she's broken. June has officially lost it. Everyone, we're all on the same page as far as, like, June, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, it, it, it's just so, so sloppy. And even with the decision to, to go see Hannah... And using Commander Law- or, or um, Mrs. Lawrence Eleanor as her way in, it 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 doesn't make any sense. Like you should be getting savvier as you get further along, and not sloppier. At least right. that's what I would think. Like you got your daughter out. That that's like one of the savviest things you could have done. You could have gotten yourself out too. Right. And, and so for her to just kind of. Drag this poor woman who who means well, who even called her June, which right. I think is like the only person I've seen her called right. call her June that wasn't a handmaid. Um, it, it was just it, it was it was very it was very sloppy. Uh, she's very desperate up to this point, and when they when they actually got to the school, like that scene, her hearing the voice and everything yeah. like that, it was just it was sad. Like you know, there are people around who can see you yeah. acting a damn fool. Yeah, like. You're, you're in the wrong. Like, this isn't... And you're what's not free. Your, what's your plan? Right. Like, you go to the school to what? And then what? Just to it, see her? And then what? Yeah, like... It, it, it makes no sense. Like, especially when you know that they know that you're going to do whatever it takes to get after her. You have to be so much smarter than that. So... Yeah, and yeah, every, yeah, everyone's saying the same thing. Want to go... For a walk crazy lady like June, everyone's saying June was a fool. She lost yeah. it. I hope June doesn't snap like this before, but I kind of foresee it. Like, everyone's saying, like, June doesn't have her shit together. Like, she, yeah. her marbles are completely lost. And I honestly thought that a guard was going to come up to her. 
Mm-hmm. Like as frantic as she was acting, mm-hmm. it was just it was a very sad scene as well. Yeah. Not as sad as the scene we're about to get to. Right. So Martha, Let's Francis, Francis Martha. Let's get to it. Uh is hanged because off Matthew snitched. Snitched. Snitches get stitches, as we're gonna see in the next episode. <laughs> like, um and June, when you go and look at inside the episode, apparently blames this Martha for Hannah being taken away, which is why she's so adamant or like whatever, morally ambiguous as they called it, when she hangs her. And I gotta say, I know you guys hate this. Just say it. But this is the second time a, a character has been introduced in the show that we've gotten to know over the course of an episode or across a few episodes um, that is black and then was was hanged, like was hanged. Like there's no no other no non-black characters have been introduced and then immediately hanged in front of us. Like uh, Emily's girlfriend, we never met her. We just saw her hung. And then I I think it's really important to understand the image of hanging a black body. Like it, it's not <laughs> not something to be taken lightly. It's not. It's not something that brings. It's not something that you can look at neutrally and not understand the repercussions of what that means. And if you're going to do it with characters that you have introduced to us, that you've taken time for us to get to know a bit, you need to understand that 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 that's you're you're showing like some type of racial blindness. No, absolutely. <laughs> like it's infuriating because. They refuse to talk about all the racial implications. They refuse to talk about that an- another black woman was responsible for hanging another black woman, and also that this white woman is responsible <laughs> for for being so sloppy with her own desires and her own intentions that she's caused the death by hanging of two black people in this world. And she has a black child, and she's married to a black man. Like, you have to talk about race, and this is the sole time I'm going to do my race episode, but this is it. You have to talk about race. You can't talk about being gay in society. You can't talk about um, xenophobia in society and not bring this up and then show us visually charged racial images. So, that's it. No, no, I agree, and um, this episode and this specific scene definitely was a trigger for me as well. Yeah. And due to everything that you know us as black people we've been through mm-hmm. and the images we've seen from going to different museums and just really knowing the history I was very triggered by it and like you, know, you just hit it on the nose knowing that another black woman was responsible for it mm-hmm. without having the conversation revolved around race was just I think a missed opportunity yeah and a missed opportunity to speak on this very important topic that we still go through to this day like I- why isn't this like a prioritized conversation Drury Lane Theater in Chicago recently, like last week, uh, I'm an ex-Chicago actor, got in trouble for this very thing, for putting the image of a noose on flyers for their new show, which talks about the the original show was called um, Something Little Inwards or something like that. It's based on uh, a, a novel by... Whatever that mystery woman from the from way back. I can't remember her name right now, guys. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. She wrote um, "Murder on the Orient Express." That woman, and 
there's other murders that happened in the in the show apparently, but they decided to use that one as their image for to promote the show. Agatha Christie. Thank you. <laughs> like, uh, but you you can't just put those images out there without people being like, "Hey, do you understand that this is like not okay?" That you know, there's and I know that lynchings still happen throughout the world, and they don't just happen to black people. But if you're talking about lynchings and you're referencing black people, there's a history to that that has to be addressed. And you, if t- choosing to ignore it is is inappropriate, especially when you acknowledge every other type of ism. Just saying. No, um, no, I agree. Um, moving forward, I'm not exactly sure what else they have planned during the season, mm-hmm. but I do hope that they put more attention and emphasis on this very important topic because, like I said, I was absolutely triggered on site, and mm-hmm. it, it definitely fucked me up. I'm like. This is like ah, uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's hard to be into season three of a show, and we've been talking about this since season one. Like people come up to me and just straight up tell me, "So yeah, Handmaid's Tale. What's up with the whole race thing? They don't ever talk about it." And we've been waiting for years for them to just finally acknowledge it because you don't. It's not backtracking to just acknowledge something that we already know is there. It's it's not backtracking at all. No one's going to be like, "Oh, well, this is outside of the realm of the, of the reality of the world." You talk about everything else. It's not going to surprise us if you if you finally bring it up. It actually might give people more respect for the show. But you know, eh, maybe you know, maybe you should have more people of color in your writers' room. I'm just saying, maybe you should have more black people there, right? Because it's not because, like these things aren't real. Yeah. You know, people watch this show and say, "Well, what if this was to happen?" Or can you imagine a world like this? And in reality, there was something like very similar to this, mm-hmm. as far as like people getting hung, people not having a voice, and different things like mm-hmm. that. So, mm. it's just something. It's just something that you know. I would love to have a season of Handmaid's Tale where this doesn't have to be brought up because they just acknowledge it and they do their job. And it's not enough to hire people of color and black people in the show. You have to acknowledge their existence, Um, especially when this isn't some type of fairy tale. Like, they use real world. They reference Breaking Bad, okay? It's the same world we live in. Well, um, Cat90001 says, I wonder if they're dodging race that way. The way they are because the book is so blunt and blatant in the way that they talk about race. So in the book, they say they talk about race. They do talk about race. And it's not, I don't, it doesn't sound like they're dodging it because the book does acknowledge it and deals with it in a way that kind of moves, removes that experience away from, from June and from her experience. It's just cowardice at this point. It's a refusal to bring that into the world because you're cowards. And I love The Handmaid's Tale. And if you want to hire me, I'll be like, can we talk about race? But (laughs) at the same time, it's cowardly to not acknowledge one of the biggest systemic ways people have used um, misogyny and and, and sexism. Racism encompasses all the isms. So to ignore something where, like even me as a black woman, I deal with all isms, you know, and and the more you tack on, if I were a gay black woman, that would be another ism. If I were a trans uh, black man, I would deal with that ism. Like, we're always dealing with isms the further you go out, and when you already start with black, immediately, it's going to be harder for you. So, I'm just saying... 
Anywho, so let's go right into <laughs> the new. Right, right, right. Any final thoughts? No, we're good on June. Yeah, yeah we're we're good on June. I just want June to do do better. But as just far as news and gossip, Serena, 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 who's actually. I always struggle with saying her name. Yvonne Strakowski. Yes, Yvonne Strakowski, Kate Blanchett, to star in Australia's TV drama, Stateless. Stateless is a six-part drama series for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. We'll focus on four characters whose paths cross when they are caught up in Australia's immigration system mm-hmm. and held in one of Australia's desert-based detention centers. The characters include a flight attendant fleeing a cult, an Afghan refugee and down and out Australian father and a bureaucrat entangled in a scandal. Mm-hmm. Also, we have a picture um, that introduces the Handmaid's Tale Christopher Maloney's. I'm sorry, Maloney's. <laughs> Christopher Maloney. It's coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about how he transitions into Commander Winslow and how his presence is so strong in this episode. And we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, like closet gaze and how power plays a big part in that. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, yeah, definitely. And it, it's great to have Christopher Maloney. I wish I wish he were more like a Bradley Woodford's character and, and, right. and for the people. But oh, well. Yeah, every just, time he's on camera, it's always like this eerie feeling. Like, what do you have up your sleeve? That's what I get every time yeah. he comes on camera. I'll just watch Wet Hot American Summer too, and to get my Chris Maloney happiness feel. Uh, okay, so and with that, let's go right into Resist Sister. Hey, ho, ho! So this week, I want to give out a shout out to Miss Megan Rapinoe. Okay, just killing it at the Women's World Cup for the U.S. She recently got into a bit of a bit of truffle, uh, trouble <laughs> for when she was asked if she was going to the White House. She said, I'm not going to the fucking White House. She's like, no, I'm not going to the fucking White House. I doubt we'd be invited. And, of course, everyone jumped on that. Well, how dare she not want to go to the White House as a gay white woman who plays soccer? <laughs> like, clearly, you know, probably not something that Trump approves of. Uh, and... So when she went to play for to play for the U.S. against France, France actually has um, a, a rather conservative uh, mindset, which is something that's kind of heartbreaking to me because I love France. But and so she was booed immediately for for her comments about not wanting to go to the White House. She ended up whooping that French ass, and when she won and they booed her at the end, she raised her hands up. And just took in the glory of her win and her awesomeness around the people of France right. as they reveled in their losery. I love you, France, but what the hell? So I gotta give a shout out to that because they've just been killing it. They just beat England. Piers Morgan said something nasty about them then, but she beat that ass as well. So give it up for Miss Megan Rapinoe. Okay, let's go into predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. I mean, what you got? Uh, <laughs> as far as predictions, um, June June is pro- probably going to put her hands on uh, um, off oh, Matthew. Matthew. In some sense, we see the rage that came out of her when she found out that she mm-hmm. was one of the reasons responsible for the hanging. But also, that's also kind of on June. 
No, but, definitely. Yeah. No, I definitely. They mm -hmm. both played the major part on it. Um, and other than that, I can see Commander Winslow being maybe more aggressive. Mm -hmm. I can see him being more aggressive. And other than that, um, I'm not sure where the McKenzie's went, being that they found out that one of the handmaids were trying to come after Hannah, come after their hand. Like, that's what I, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't even know where they went, but I'm pretty sure they're going to circle back. They might circle back. I mean, it might be. She might have just lost her at this point. Maybe Nick. You think so? She just Maybe he to... could do something about it. I don't know. I mean, they have a, a pretty large amount of, of the country, I believe. So I think, and also kind of just going off the sneak peek, uh, there's definitely going to be some type of mean girling crap happening in Off Matthew, which I got to say, I don't like Off Matthew, but I'm really not here, here for mean girling. Uh, like, right. So... Shaming people in a circle and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think they could take more time to develop Moth Matthew a little bit more for us to understand her intentions. Because it did feel like Off Matthew and Aunt Lydia did kind of like a 180 off of what we saw last week. Right. Uh, which, you know, what we saw last week was probably a glimpse into some type of vulnerability that isn't normally for our, our viewing pleasure. But it, it did seem kind of wonky. And we also do get our Aunt Lydia backstory next week. So right. we get to see how she became, who she became. Uh, you know, I love Andal, so I'm here for it. I just don't really love Aunt Lydia. And in, in terms of Winslow, I'm not sure how aggressive they're going to get with it. Um, hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> like, but it's definitely on its way, and I get the feeling that they're going to start making steps to move towards Washington, D.C., and one of the reasons that they're going to end up backtracking and back in Boston is because of some of the things that Winslow ends up doing, I think. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, he has his own plans that, yeah. Yeah. It's big plans. It's going to be rough. Hopefully June will just be savvier. And hopefully uh, don't let you know about black people this, this season. Just give us, like, just do it next season. I know you're going to do it. All right, guys. That's it for this episode of The Handmaid's Tale After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. And Chef Beans, where can they follow you? Yes, I am Chef Beans. You can find me at Chef underscore Beans with a Z on all social media platforms. All right, guys. Again, thank you so much for being here, for staying tuned. And we will see you next week. See you, everybody. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.